this week is what is the best way to pray? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Jesus Christ and Sri Krishna both advised praying to God as personal. Yet both emphasized also that God is above form and that he must be sought ultimately in infinity. As Jesus put it, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yet he spoke of God constantly as our Heavenly Father. In what is known as the Lord's Prayer, he proposed a very human prayer to the Heavenly Father, asking fulfillment for all our spiritual needs. The Bhagavad Gita explains that man, living as he does in a human body, finds it difficult to worship infinity, as though the ego and body didn't even exist. Far better for human beings, Krishna says, to work with reality as we know it than to affirm a reality of which the human mind is incapable of forming any clear notion. Encouraging the devotee in this direction, he says, O Arjuna, be thou a yogi. That is to say, be one who works with, not in rejection of, the energies of the body and the natural tendencies of the mind. In the twelfth chapter, of the Gita, Arjuna asks, Those who, ever steadfast, worship thee as devotees, that is to say, in an I and thou relationship, and those who contemplate thee as the immortal, unmanifested spirit, which group is better versed in yoga? The blessed Lord replied, those who, fixing their minds on me, adore me, ever united to me through supreme devotion, are in my eyes the perfect knowers of yoga. Those whose strict aim is union with the unmanifested choose a more difficult way Arduous for embodied beings is the path of dedication to the absolute. The followers, that is to say, of the path of jnana yoga. Thus, through holy scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, Swami Ananta. This is Naya Swami Maria. It's a joy. We have a temple of light with people in it, which is <laughs> unusual. Uh, 
the anomalies of the pandemic, and then we have the uh, broadened spiritual congregation around the world online. So welcome to all of you, and it's a joy to celebrate, no matter where you are in the world. Um, I, the topic today is, um, what's the best way to pray? And uh, I wanted to talk about that, but I had this brilliant idea <laughs> that Master talks about it in Whispers from Eternity, and I thought I would just read that, and then there won't be so much for me to say. Um, because it's a, um, a prayer that Master wrote that addresses uh, this topic uh, in a wonderful way. This is uh, from Whispers from Eternity. Thou mother of flames, show thy face, too long hidden behind the veil of thy cosmic motion picture. O mother of time, space, form, and relativity, thou hast taken a finite form, Kali divine, colossal idol symbol of all sheltering nature. The invisible spirit assumed thy form as our visible mother divine. In thee throbs the heart of all protecting, mothering kindness. O mother divine, the moon is set like a beauty mark between thy two dark eyebrows of twilight and night. Clouds of eternity veil thy face. Gusts of prophetic lives have tried from time to time briefly to blow away thy veil of mystery and momentarily to reveal thy face so long unseen by our states of ignorance. But who truly can fathom thee? O Mother Divine, in the dawn of creation I beheld thee on the pathway of time, roaming in the rustic garb of primitive cultures, wearing the garments of untamed nature and the garlands of unpolished minds that are conscious only of opaque, solid forms. In the noonday of creation, I beheld thee in a lustrous garment of sunny minds, scorching men in the hot fire of their own desires. The body of activity, thy body of activity perspired with restlessness. All thy children felt the strain of the struggle and implored thee for the cooling breeze of thy peace. In thy noon hour of fulfillment, thou didst visit equally the dark slums of misery, the glad halls of prosperity, and the calm shrines of peaceful wisdom. In thy midday attire of awakening, thou didst travel through festive centuries, beholding the dream of human life and death, of planetary evolution and dissolution, of the birth and death of civilizations, of the drama of world-unfolding nebulae, dreaming newborn planets, of earthquakes, and of limited dissolutions. Then the dark night of cosmic dissolution approached, and thou didst wear the dark, grim veil of mourning, putting creation through the terrible, fiery, but purifying ordeal of universal destruction. The sun burst and belched fire, a cosmic shudder broke the bowl of the sky, dropping embers of meteors 
and all creation became a furnace of flames. Everything became fire, matter, human sins in darkness. Everything was cast into thy crucible to be made pure and luminous. Creation emerged again from the fire, beneath the ashes of matter. The embers of creation slept for a time, and then, rocked by thy hands, O Mother Divine, awoke again in its body of pure flames. Thy one hand of power wakes the unseen creative force, taking many-hued finite forms. Another hand holds the astral world, of preservation, keeping all planets swinging in the rhythm of balance. Thy third hand clutches the severed head of the cosmos, representing complete dissolution when all creation sleeps in thee. Thy fourth hand calms the storm of delusion and bestows rays of salvation on thy seeking devotees. O Kali, thou cosmic mother of all creative activity, Garlanded by all human minds, thy rhythmic wild dance of creation ceases only when thy foot touches the breast of thy invisible consort of transcendent spirit, Shiva, in whom all creation rests. O mother of progress, I hear thy dance of life in the tinkling little bells of laughing, harmonious lives. On the floor of my tender thoughts, Thine inspirations dance softly in rhythm with the music of the spheres. In the hall of creation everywhere, O Kali, I hear thy footsteps dancing powerfully in the booming thunder and softly in the gentle songs of atoms. The infinite sleeps beneath thy magic shroud of delusion and then, O goddess of manifested forms, Thy fantasy of finitude begins to vibrate on spirit's bosom. Nearer dost thou dance than the very throbbing of my soul. Thy steps resound on the farthest horizons of my mind. Divine Mother, dance where thou wilt, but, oh, I pray thee, play the music of thy magic footsteps also and ever in the sacred sanctum of my soul. O goddess Kali, woven into thy changing robes are the dreams of creation, preservation, and destruction. Mother divine, on the lambent veil of thy consciousness, play thou a million cosmic dramas. Thou dost th thus dost thou entertain and amuse thy good children and frighten towards goodness thy naughty ones. Mother divine, Draw aside thy glittering veil of countless motion picture scenes and show me thy all-delusion-dispersing face of mercy. That says it all. What's the best way to pray? You know, if you think about it, you now Swami in the reading said, we all aspire to the infinite. We all aspire to this cosmic world embracing, well, not even world-embracing, universe-embracing, three-universe-embracing consciousness. But Swami Kriyananda used to say it's, it's hard at the very beginning to have devotion, to have personal connection with the unmanifested divine. Um, he would 
deride Aristotle's cosmic ground of being. Uh, it's hard to get your heart around that. But the Divine Mother, seen through all the mothers that we see, all the women in the world, to see kindness embodied in the saints, to see the eight aspects of God manifest in the gurus, in the saints of all religions, it's much more personal. It gives you a sense of devotion. We were incredibly blessed to have Swami Kriyananda as our friend playing the part of a fellow disciple. He talked about the guru that he had lived with, and yet he lived with us. He ate dinner with us. We made dinner together. We went to Master's Market together. We built the community. We started new communities in a very personal way. And you could talk to him as a friend. And he taught us to talk to Master as a friend. And we learned to talk to Master as a friend. Uh, if you're of a different path, on a different path, then talk to the guru, whoever that is, in a personal way. Share with them. Know that the guru knows your thoughts. You have nothing to hide. He knows all the things you've gooped up on and all the things you're doing well, and he knows how hard you're trying. The Divine Mother is, was Master's chosen form of God, but there's a, when he needed wisdom, he would talk to the Heavenly Father, God in the aspect of wisdom. Master's oneness with the infinite allowed him to use the different forms of God um, for his understanding and for our learning. Uh, there's a master one time had a dream and he, in the dream he died. He was shot getting off a ship and, and he, he didn't understand and he said, Sire, light, am I dead on the beach or am I here at Fort Garpar Road meditating? He's asking for wisdom. So we can use the different aspects of God to ask for wisdom. There are really only two reasons to pray, if you think about it. Enlightenment and liberation. Enlightenment is to understand that, as this reading tells us, this world is a dream movie. And the reality Enlightenment is to realize that God is playing all the parts in the movie, that everything is unfolding for the liberation and enlightenment of all sentient beings. Enlightenment is a valid prayer. And liberation is to be done with the attachment to it. Those are the two valid reasons to pray. Most of the time, or a lot of the time, uh, we pray because we want script changes. We want to be the president. We want to be rich. We want to get the new girlfriend. We want to get the new job. We want to get promoted. We want, to, uh, we want something in the movie. We want to dismiss the law of karma. We want to dismiss our own spiritual growth. We want to shortcut the test of uh, enlightenment and just be done with it all. And God can't grant us that wish. But through the grace of the guru, who does understand all these things, we can receive enlightenment. We can receive grace. And so we, 
need to pray with a personal understanding of how close God is to us and how much God loves us. That's the key to effective prayer. And that was the way that Master prayed. This prayer, this whisper from eternity, it's wide-ranging. It takes care of the whole creation, preservation, and dissolution of the universe in like two pages. So, you know, when you go to pray, you don't need to explain everything to God, you know. I mean, she already understands, you know, the movie, the script, why she's, people are doing stuff. So when you pray, you can make your prayer to man, but listen. Listen to the Divine Mother. And as Master said in this period, in this writing, Divine Mother is showing us her love through all the love in the universe. She's showing us kindness. She's showing us beauty in music. So Ramesh and Prashad are acting for the Divine Mother. And in the beauty that we see around us, and in the cataclysms, in the COVID, in the fires, there's a reason for this. And there's Divine Mother's hand behind it. And at times, it doesn't look like her hand is behind it at all. It looks evil and bad, and there's nothing to be afraid of. The Divine Mother is making this movie, and that's why I wanted to read this Kali uh, prayer, is that crashing worlds and volcanoes and earthquakes and forest fires and... What's the point? Wake up from the dream. It's not real. It's a movie. You can go home to God. You can live in the light. You can love. You can act like Yogananda. You can be an emissary of the Divine Mother. That's what we need to pray for. Does that mean that we don't feel for our brothers and sisters that are dying, that have COVID, that have illnesses, that are in car crashes? No. Of course we feel that because we feel the divine response to the sorrowful thou art sympathy, to the lover thou art love, to the yogi thou art bliss. Keep your focus on the divine. Look for the divine. Pray to realize divine consciousness and you will. You will see more and more with your practice of meditation. What do we do when we meditate? We turn off the movie screen and we concentrate on the light, the light of God that is shining. And all the filters of that one light are sorrow and beauty and ugliness and crassness and greed and heroism and courage and selflessness. All of those are filters. But the masters see the light. You will see the light if you tune in to your master, to your guru, whoever he or she is. Practice the techniques they've given you. That's why there's different paths. Some of us need Kriya Yoga. Some of us have Kriya Yoga. Practice Kriya Yoga. Some of us are Buddhists. Chant the Buddhist mantra. Some of us are Zen. Stare at the white wall. Everything is nothing. It's all good for you. Because in this movie, you're the one that you need to liberate. 
not everyone else. That's divine mother's job. You don't need to li liberate 7.2 billion people. You need to liberate one person, yourself. And then by the family that you're in, that beauty and that process will liberate other beings. Call to the guru and tighten your relationship with the guru. Make it more close. Think of God constantly. With every breath you take, God watches the heart. If you make that prayer, if you practice love of God, God will respond. How do I know? We're here in the temple of light. We're disciples of a great master. And if you're watching at home and you're a disciple of a great Buddha or a great Lama, good. That's the divine. Is move constantly towards the center. And just relax. Let it all go. When you say your prayer, turn it over to the divine director and just act out your part with joy, with love, with kindness. And I'll tell you what will happen. This is what Kriyananda told us. This is what Yogananda told him. The veil lifts. And this movie is very, very different to a master. It is a bunch of actors playing their part but it's really the Divine Mother's children all playing their part of karma. And bit by bit, through suffering, through joy, through spiritual ecstasy, through samadhi, we move towards that reality. Read the poem Samadhi every day, but imagine yourself in that state and pray from that place. Vanish the veils of light and shade, what if it was all different? What if it was a tranquil, unbroken thrill, eternally living, ever new peace? That's good. That's real good. That's way better than the alternative of studying the good and the bad, the politicians, the yin and the yang, the I like this, I don't like that, all that stuff. It only erodes the infinite happiness of the soul. And pray for liberation Pray for realization. And the realization is that you are a part of all that is. Practice that. And you will approach steadily the path to samadhi. Devotion and Kriya Yoga, it works like clockwork. It can't fail. It moves you towards the realization that a tiny bubble of laughter, I am become the sea of mirth itself. God bless you all. Come here while I sing you of emerald hills, of valleys and meadows so fair. All who have seen them have carried away memories in their hearts, friends, like the lilacs of May. Oh, my song is the story of the lilacs of May. My song. Is the story 
of deer on the hills, of larks that soar seeking the sun, of nightingales lifting the curtain of night, as with music they bring down heaven's blessing of light. Oh, my song is the story of God's blessing of light. Come join me in singing of the emerald isle, of flowers that like jewels besprinkle the lee of waterfalls eager to embrace the white sea as we with our maker united would be as we with our maker sing you of emerald hills, of valleys and meadows so fair, that all who have seen them have carried away memories in their hearts, friends, like the lilacs of May. My song is the story of the lilacs of May.